two when the world seems to be ending around you? What do you do when it seems like you're at the end of the world? That's a good start to pray. This question about what do we do has been on the minds of Christians since the beginning, since after Jesus died and rose again. What do we do when the world is ending? And that question often led right into, well, when will the world end? For us, we confess in the Apostles' Creed that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead, that there will be a second coming of Christ, and the world won't be the same. It'll be completely changed. So when will this world end and the new world rise? We've tried to figure it out, Christians throughout the centuries, to figure out when exactly it's going to be, despite the fact that Jesus warns against doing exactly that thing. That he says throughout the Gospels, no one knows the time or the hour. It's going to come like a thief in the night. Not even the Son of Man knows. And yet, people throughout the years have had the hubris to believe that I've got it figured out this time. This has been happening for about 2,000 years and continues up into the modern era. How many of you have heard of Harold Camping? Anybody hear of him? Some people at the 8 o'clock heard of him. Harold Camping, you might have heard something about him about 10 years ago now. Harold Camping started a Christian media empire, particularly around radio stations, a multi-million dollar corporation. And every day he would get on the radio and he'd tell people about how they need to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus or else. And eventually it morphed into the why of the or else because he knew Jesus was coming back and he was coming back soon. And he had worked out all the math and figured when Jesus was coming. And he was going to come back in 1994. He was wrong, obviously, because we're still here. But then he said, you know what? I mixed up the math a little bit, but now I know the real date when Jesus will come back and the world will end. May 21st, 2011. Again, he was wrong. We're still here, obviously. But for Harold Campe and for followers, for people who jumped in both feet, who truly believed with all their heart that the world was going to end and Christ was going to return on May 21st, 2011, they were face-to-face with this question of, what do you do when you know the world is going to end? And what they did, Harold Camping's organization spent over $100 million taking out advertisements around the country, billboards and people with pamphlets warning everybody, you better get right with God because May 21st, 2011, that's your deadline. And it might be a capital P deadline if you don't get serious. Followers of Harold Camping stopped essentially living their lives. Because what's really the point if the whole world is going to be gone anyway? So some people quit their jobs, took their kids out of school, sold their homes and their belongings to give to Harold Camping and his ministry. Some people cut ties with friends and family members, with people they used to go to church with because they were sure that they weren't saved like they were. And they essentially withdrew from all of life. When faced with that question, what do you do when you're sure the world is going to end? 
They retreated and sequestered themselves, gathered, huddled around the radio to listen for live updates about what the world is looking like as we get closer and closer to the end. And on May 21st, 2011, some of these followers got close to the radio, listening, waiting to hear that news of rolling earthquakes that would consume the entire world about fires and floods and famine and some of those images that Jesus brings up today. And to hear about how uh, in waves the righteous people of God will be whisked away into heaven. And then the sun rose on May 22nd, 2011. And what do you do? You thought the world was going to end and you stopped living your life, and now you have to start up again. This wasn't a unique problem to the year 2011 and the followers of Harold Camping. This is something that Christians have struggled with for centuries, since the beginning. We've wanted to know, how can we be ready for the end? And we can be a bit more ready for it if we know when it's happening. The church in Thessalonica, the one Paul's writing a letter to in our second reading, this is only a matter of a couple decades after Jesus' death and resurrection. There were people who believed that Jesus was coming back, and he's coming back soon. Not in a matter of years, not in a matter of months, but in a matter of weeks, maybe days. And so some of these followers, knowing that Jesus would be coming back soon, didn't really see a point in going to work anymore, in contributing to the life of the church. If it's all going to go away anyway, why bother? And that's what Paul's addressing in this letter, when he says that you shouldn't be idle, don't associate with people who are idle and who aren't working, everybody's got to work. It's because people thought the world was going to end, and the response to that should be, stop living life, sequester yourself, retreat, don't bother going to work, don't bother serving the church and serving the poor, the widow, the orphan, like Jesus told us to. And what Paul says to them that question of what do you do when you're sure that the world is going to end, you go on living your life. You go on following the teachings of Jesus and serving one another as he served you. In short, at the end, he wraps it up real nice. And he says, we don't grow weary in doing what's right. If Jesus is coming back and he's coming back in one day, or if Jesus is coming back in a hundred million days, we still don't grow weary in doing what is right. We continue on living the lives God has given us. We continue serving as Christ has loved us and loving others as he has loved us. Jesus answers this question to his disciples as well. What do you do when you're sure the world is going to end? And he rattles off these signs and uh, tribulations and all of these things. And we need not to make the mistake that, to think that Jesus is giving us a sort of decoder ring to try and figure out when exactly this is going to happen. If we can just read the signs right, we'll know when Jesus is returning. Jesus makes abundantly clear over and over again that we don't know when. He doesn't even know when, he says, surprisingly. But... We keep living our lives not knowing as if it could be tomorrow or if it could be a hundred million tomorrows from now. What do you do when you're sure the world is going to end? Because it feels that way, doesn't it? Every day between now and when Jesus comes back, 
It often feels like the world could be ending, that it's so fragile and could fall apart at any moment. The signs that Jesus speaks of, they should sound familiar to us. Jesus first warns about false prophets, faith leaders who exploit people's faith and doubts and their fears and their curiosities for their own gain to line their own pockets, to make a name for themselves. People like that are a dime a dozen. You don't have to look very far to find people exploiting others' faiths for their own benefit. Jesus warns of famine. We live in a world where over 815 million people every day go to bed hungry. But there is perpetual hunger in our world. Jesus warns of natural disasters earthquakes and the like. And you don't have to look very far to see how natural disasters seem to be happening in our world, even at, uh, more intensely as we hear about hurricanes in the Atlantic and tsunamis in the Pacific and the Amazon rainforest burning and earthquakes in Latin America, and the list goes on and on and on. It sounds familiar. And Jesus warns of war. Nations rising against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. With the threat of nuclear war over our heads and chemical warfare and all throughout conflicts throughout the world, even just looking at our own country where we have been in the midst of the war against terrorism for over 18 years now. War is painfully familiar to our world. All of these signs that Jesus talks about, they sound so familiar, and it's not because, oh, we must be getting close to the return of Christ. It's because it always feels that way. It always feels like the world could be ended. And it's scary. But what do you do when you're sure the world could be ending at any moment? What do you do in the face of the world seeming to end? You do like the followers of Harold Camping or the Thessalonian church, some of the members there, and retreat and sequester yourselves and turn a blind eye to it all and just try and get through? Or you go on living your life? Do you not grow weary in doing what is right, as Paul calls us to? Or do you hear the words of Jesus when he says that when you see these things taking place, see it as an opportunity to testify? That word testify, in this case, means to say who, say and do in our words and our actions who Jesus is. To share the love and grace and forgiveness and mercy and life of Christ in our words and in our deeds. To testify to who Jesus is. Even in the midst of the world falling apart. That we forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. That we feed those who are hungry like Jesus did when he multiplied loaves and fishes, or if he feeds us at the Lord's seat. That we advocate on behalf of those who are poor or exploited or hurting in any way, like Jesus did when the poor widow came forward and Jesus lifted up her generosity as she placed her last two coins in the offering plate. We welcome strangers and outcasts. People who don't know what it's like to be welcome, like Jesus did when he reached out and touched lepers, 
when he ate dinner with prostitutes, when he hung out with tax collectors and sinners. In short, we testify to who Jesus is in our words and our deeds, sharing the love and life that he shared with us. A love and life that has the power to defeat death itself and raise the whole world to new life. All who belong to him. Jesus tells us that when we see these things, as scary as they might seem, as world-ending as they might seem, know that I'm with you. Know that not a hair on your head will perish. Know that you will endure because I am with you always. That's what we testify to. That is our witness to the world, to a world that feels like it's ended. That Christ is with you, that God's love is stronger than all of it. That God's love has the power to raise the dead to life. So what do you do when the world seems like it's ended? We serve. We believe. We endure. We testify sharing that love and life of Christ with the world, even if it feels like it's ending, even in the face of it seeming like it's ending. Amen.